2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast now? Or? Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Death of Life podcast. My name is Richard Young, and it has been a long week. And I'm glad we're at the end of this mug. And uh, man, we've got my girl, Savannah Louie, on the podcast this week. I did not know Savannah. Uh, and then I saw her kind of on our stuff. And I'm like, yo, who is this? And then she came on our Bible study. That's at Tuesdays at 1.30 Central. And she told her story. And I was like, yo, you got to be on the podcast. And she's sharing her her death to life story. And uh, it's, it's really good stuff. I'm really um, glad to call her a friend. One of those friends I've never met in person, but we'll meet soon. Uh, other than that... It's my birthday tomorrow on September 18. Not only is it my birthday tomorrow, but it's my twin sister's birthday tomorrow. I know. That's crazy. Uh, And so celebrating a new year of life in Christ and birthdays mean a little bit something different than they used to mean for me. And I used to be all, I'm getting older. Nah, who cares about that? I ain't never going to die. But what's awesome is... Um, just a celebration of life in him. And I don't think I have another announcement besides that. Uh, next week is the season finale. This is the penultimate episode. And you know, it's kind of like in, you know, all those shows in the penultimate episode, somebody dies. And this week it's Savannah Louie. So uh, buckle up, strap in, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast?
decirnos quién soy Hasta que me apague, que me apague, que me apague Ya sé que me buscan por allí Pero yo me atrevo a que tenga que sufrir Yo no hago nada sin traerme todo el At a very young age. So before I like even knew what was going on, it was like when I was like two or something. So I didn't know anything different than that. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom and dad went to like very different churches. <laughs> so I kind of got like a double experience. Um, my mom was kind of more like charismatic and, you know, that type of thing. And then at my dad's church, it was kind of like strictly like teaching and very just quiet <laughs> in worship type thing, you know, atmosphere. So I just got two very different uh, pictures. But, I mean, they were both both taught pretty much the same thing, you know, about Jesus and stuff. And then um, the school that I went to was Assemblies of God. <laughs> so I was kind of around, like, three very different type of churches um, growing up. But I didn't really know the difference. I just knew that I loved Jesus from a very young age And my mom tells me that I prayed the prayer <laughs> or whatever that is when I was like three years old. And so in my mind, like that's just when I got saved and I was always saved. When you were three and, years old? Yeah. And I suppose, I, yeah, that's what she tells me. <laughs> I knew enough and I said, yeah, I want to pray the prayer, you know, and I got saved. <laughs> is in the, in the church background that you grew up in, What was baptism? Was there like a time that you get baptized or was it, or do you baptize at a young age? Like, how does it work? Um, it's kind of like where you wait until you're old enough to understand and then you go through a class and then you get baptized on stage. And so I did that probably when I was like 12 or 13. And even though I didn't understand like literally at all <laughs> what baptism was, <laughs> Uh, compared to how I understand it now, I definitely felt like the presence of God, like even even in what like little understanding I had, like I knew God was real. I had had encounters with God when I was uh, little. And so like I just remember feeling the presence of God so much like in worship before I got baptized that like I just had tears streaming down my face and I just, yeah, I just felt his presence. I don't know, warm and tingly and I just knew God was real. And I had had another encounter with God growing up at the church. No, the school that I went to, which is kind of interesting. We had like a revival breakout mm -hmm. at my school, which was so weird. Like I had never heard of that before. And I don't think our school had either. But um, all of the students, like we just like literally didn't have school for like three days straight. We just worshiped for three days wow. instead of having class. And it was, like, it definitely, like, a time that, like, marked me. Um, people were, like, getting up on stage and repenting for their sins publicly in front of everyone. And I just remember just receiving prayer and just feeling God's presence so strong at that moment. And going home, and I was so excited to call my grandma and tell her. <laughs> how how and, old were uh, you at this? How What grade were you in? It was in middle school. So I, I don't know. I must have been like 13. I'm like really bad about remembering ages and when things happened. <laughs> But it was sometime, I think it was after I got baptized. So maybe it was, yeah, it must have been middle school, probably like eighth grade. And it was just, it was really awesome. So I always just grew up loving Jesus. And like I was 
like I would print out the gospel on like little tracks and take them around to my neighborhood and like put them in mailboxes. Like I was just, yeah, I just wanted everybody to know Jesus and love him because I just, I knew he was the only way. (laughs) And I never doubted that like my whole life. That sounds very, just very precious. And um, I think all of us parents would love to have our children grow up with that just belief that, yeah, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just this is, so you, I mean, you grew up in the church. This is something that you've always known. How, how much did you feel like you knew or understood the Bible as you started getting older? Um, so I feel like pretty well, uh, not as well as, uh, the seventh day people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I thought I did. And then I was like, whoa, like, it sounds like, like, I mean, seventh day Adventist people are like taught to like memorize so much of the Bible and just like, I don't know. I, I wasn't like that intensely, like, you know, trained in the word of God. But I just kind of in my own time, like I just read my Bible every day. And so I didn't really have like, you know, I was just a young girl. So I had the Holy Spirit, obviously, to help teach me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd read my Bible basically every day. And I probably felt pretty good about that. (laughs) Old Savannah felt pretty justified and pretty better than other people because I did that probably. (laughs) Oh, really? Like that? When did that start being a thing where you started feeling better than other people because you were doing that? Um, I think just all my life, I was just good at most things that I did. Um, I like, you know, not super great compared to other people, but when you're little, you feel like you're good. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I played piano and I danced and I got good grades and I had a lot of friends and people liked me. So Mm -hmm. just from like a young age, I really liked the feeling of people liking me. All my teachers liked me. Um, I just really started to like the approval of people. And I definitely saw that like affect my relationship with God because I didn't know it at the time. But like now looking back, I see that I was just trying to earn the approval of God my whole life too because my understanding of the gospel was much like everyone else's, like we're all just sinners and doing our best and, you know, just trying to be a good person, trying to bear the fruits of the spirit, (laughs) trying as hard as we can and, you know, failing all the time and how close I felt to God was very dependent on if I read my Bible that day or if I didn't or if I had sinned or not, you know very like up and down. And then I would go to like youth camp. Uh, I had more encounters with God at like youth camp and stuff. And then, you know, when you come back home, the fire fades away and, you know, you're not on fire for God anymore. It was like the lies that I I was believing anyway. Um, and yeah, so I, back to being obsessed with the image, my, my image and what people thought of me. Um, I remember like sitting in school and I would just sit there and think about myself And I look back and realize, like, how selfish it was. Um, Like, I would just wonder what people thought of me. And I would, I remember one 
a couple times just sitting there and being like, who am I? Because I had no idea. <laughs> Mercy. It was all just, you know, one, you know, whoever I was with, I would just be try to be whatever they liked, you know. You know, as you're saying this stuff, it sounds raw because you're being honest and you're you're saying what you were really like. Uh, mm-hmm. And like today we had Harold come on our, our Bible study and he was saying some stuff about old Harold. And whenever I say stuff about old Rich and what you just said about old Savannah, it sounds pretty, it sounds pretty awful. Um, but, yeah. the, but the truth is like most people, and I'm not trying to make our, make us feel better. Like, Oh, we were just, but like most people live like this, but they don't know that they're thinking this way. And I realize, you know, this weekend I was um, at a, a birthday party and this this lady starts talking to me and she's just like, yeah, I just live in complete fear. And she's like, I think that's a good thing. You know, I think it's healthy to, to have fear because then you're, and I was just like, oh, like, and we live this way that's like completely opposite of what the gospel says like what what jesus has purchased like all this freedom that we get but because most everybody else is living like that it we don't really even understand that that it's wrong or that we're hurting ourselves or that that mindset is is not great you understand you you feel me yeah (laughs) definitely i've definitely heard that phrase before (laughs) and i and i definitely didn't know back you know until a few years ago i was able to like look back and realize that like how I was because I I had no idea at the time. No one ever does or they wouldn't stay there, you know, but we're just taught to think like that. Like we're just, yeah, it's, it's not even, it's just how the world operates and the world operates in such a opposite way of the kingdom that they're, it's, they're not close, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not like, oh yeah, I'm living in the kingdom and the world and you know, you know, like they're so opposite of each other. Yet Yeah. It's crazy. I used to think it was closer than it is now because, you know, like it was all about feelings hmm. and, you know, validating people's feelings and validating my feelings and feeling sorry for myself. And that was very much okay in the Christian experience hmm. growing up, you know. What, what did you have to feel sorry for yourself about? Um, well, just, you know, I, it, when I was younger, just the sob story of being the divorced kid. But honestly, it, I didn't, that didn't really affect me much because I didn't know anything else. And I just kind of saw it as a, a good thing because... I got double the Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I got double the birthday celebrations and uh, my mom remarried. My dad remarried. I had two half brothers now on my dad's side. And so like things, things were okay when I was really little and stuff. And I, I was just homesick a lot. Like when I was going back and forth all the time and I didn't like that. Um, but I guess the, feeling sorry for myself stuff definitely started happening as I became a teenager Mm -hmm. 
and when I met Brayden. <laughs> How old were you when you met Brayden? I was 15, and um, I guess before that, I should mention that when I was in middle school, my mom and my stepdad got a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know, things started probably getting a little weird for me around then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where I just kind of, like, started shutting down because I, like, people would ask me how I was and I would have no idea. Hmm. Like, honestly, no idea at all. My, my dad would uh, try to get me to go to counseling, you know, like being, like, the divorce kid counseling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're a divorce kid, you know what I'm talking about. Hmm. <laughs> and, uh... I literally, it didn't work because I literally had no idea. Um, so do you, my do you look back now and you say it and see that it really hurt you or what do you know now what it made you feel or what you were going through? Um, it's hard to think about that, honestly, because I don't know. I think it, I was just blocking it all out. I just wanted to be with my friends. Um, you know, it was just hard being back and forth at my mom's or my dad's because I was missing somebody. And then when my mom and my stepdad were, you know, getting in fights and stuff and then, you know, eventually the divorce, I just like I didn't process it at all. Like and he had been in my in my life since I was like five. Hmm. So he was like a second dad to me. And like we went on vacations together like I loved him. Mm -hmm. But I just was so mad at him. You know, I was just siding with my mom because obviously it's my mom, you know, <laughs> and uh, I have I just found out information about their situation. And so I remember kind of like wanting them, wanting her to leave him. And then it eventually happened and I felt bad about it. Hmm. But I like I I had probably only cried about it like two times, which was probably not healthy because <laughs> it was like I never saw him again, except for he did come to my graduation party. But yeah, like at that point, it was like he died, like he was gone, you know, and I just didn't process that at all. So I think that just kind of started off where I just was like, I'd rather not feel things and just hang out with my friends. <laughs> he he came to your high school graduation party? He did. Yeah. Um, so like we, we keep in touch a little bit nowadays. But uh, yeah, so I he was gone in middle school. I don't even remember what grade because I just can't remember very well. Like, I definitely blocked things out, and I don't know. I'm sure some of it was, like, for my protection, you know? Mm -hmm. Just, like, a coping thing. Um, but, yeah, I mostly just remember the the good stuff, but honestly, I, blocking things out is bad because then you forget the good and the bad. And I feel like I just have a really bad memory, like, of recalling things from my childhood, which is kind of sad. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I don't recommend blocking everything out <laughs> it's not the best way to deal with things no um but yeah I'm, so I'm sure i i met i met brayden when i was 15 and i went home that night and i told my mom i met the man i'm going to marry <laughs> well, how old was he <laughs> he was 17 and i saw him at the youth group like bonfire it was like fall fall time and like i think we were getting pumpkin pie and he was next to me in line, and he was wearing a hat. And I noticed that he played piano in the youth band, and I also played piano. And I was like, wow, 
It's like I'd never seen anything like him. <laughs> did he have his long, long, luscious locks then? No, he did not. He had short hair back then. Very different. Um, but yeah, still super cute. <laughs> I was obsessed. And it was crazy because I, I had never, like, I had been in, like, I, I, they don't even count as relationships. Like, I'd never kissed anybody before. Like, I, the longest relationship I was in was three months. And I think we went out on group dates, like, two times. Like, it didn't count. <laughs> yeah, you're 15 years old. Yeah, exactly. So, but when what I did your mom him, say? Well, I don't know. She probably just thought it was cute. Like, oh, okay, honey, whatever, you know. Let me know <laughs> how that I works out. I, I didn't think it was going to happen, though, because I just thought he was, like, too good to be true, and there's just, like, no way. Like, my life would just be too perfect if I got to end up with him. That's how I felt. But what do you know? Well, so what did you do? Did did Did, did he have feelings for you? Did he feel the same way, or...? Yeah, yeah, so we just kind of, like, became friends, and, like, he would come up and talk to me once, and then I'd go talk to him a little bit, and then we we eventually wrote letters (laughs) to each other, (laughs) and uh, he, uh, we got to know each other because his family was actually, actually leaving the church that we were at to go start another church, and so he was training me to play the piano to, like, replace him on the youth band, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I, I was so nervous. I was, like, shaking nervous. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, I ended up leaving with him. <laughs> so that didn't work out too well. You're like, teach me to you. play the piano so I can take your spot. Just kidding. I'm coming with you, and I'm going to listen to you play the piano some more. <laughs> yep, exactly. But, um, yeah, it was all just very sweet and innocent. And um, I asked him to go to my prom with me because I went to a private school and he was homeschooled. So, uh, he didn't have any dances to ask me to, (laughs) but I asked him to go to a prom with me and we went. And then, um, eventually he like did the thing where you, you ask the parent if you can date them. And he asked my dad and we went out on our first date. And then we basically saw each other every single day after that for the rest of our lives. (laughs) So were you 15 when you started dating him or had some time taken place? So 15, we were just friends. And then we started dating when I was 16. And then... So what um, year is this, if you remember this? So we... 2012. Mercy. So long ago. (laughs) Not that long. You're, You're thinking that's a long time ago? Yeah, that seems so long. I'm like, oh man, I know exactly what I was doing. No, that is not really? a long time ago. No. It's like that's 9 years ago. Mercy. Yeah, that feels like forever. But I guess a lot's just changed in my life since then. Yeah. So you start dating, you're 16, he's 18 now. Yep. How how's that going? Um, it was good, but then we said I love you after 11 days. <laughs> And, and you uh, meant it, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought I did. I was obsessed with him. Oh, man. <laughs> and we talked to him all the time. Like, we would... My parents won't like this, but we would, like, <laughs> stay up on the phone all night and just not hang up the phone. Like, just sleep. But, like, the phone was there. 
on a phone call. <laughs> That's so I uh I told Natalie I loved her. It might have been less than two weeks. It might be it might have been the same kind of time period as you yeah. mind you, I was twenty two. Um and I remember we were in the car and I was just like, love you, babe. And she was like, love you. And our friend Ruth was in the car with us. And she was like, wait. That was the first time. No, it was, this was later. It was like oh, a Lord. day or two after we had first started saying it. And she was like, wait, what? And we kind of both looked at her and we're like, well, we love each other. And she was like, oh, because it had been like two weeks. She goes, you guys are ridiculous. But we did feel that strongly about each other. Like we yeah, were just nuts. <laughs> it is uh, a powerful infatuation feeling. Mercy. Um, and we, you know, we weren't planning on kissing or anything. I didn't know if I was going to save my kiss, my first kiss for my wedding, but I was kind of raised in that culture, you know, uh-huh. like, sure. Save your, save your first kiss till you get married, your wedding day. And I think we had like a night at youth group where we all like committed to doing that before God. <laughs> And uh, I did not keep that. <laughs> so let me ask you this question about the phone thing. What, yeah. What, what, if you found out your daughter was doing that, like now, do you, like, would you recommend that? Like, what do you think no. that Absolutely level not. of just like focus on one person? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's just not healthy. It's just unfortunate because I was so young. Like, we couldn't get married. And so you're just like waiting to turn an age so that you can get married and be together finally. And that two years was a rough, rough two years, you know? And so, I mean, looking back, I, I, I mean, I obviously have a very different like view on like sin now and mm-hmm. like how we're free from sin. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I just thought like sin is okay. Like some sin is okay. Like everybody sins. We sin every day. But you cannot commit the sin. You know what I mean? That so, one's not okay. Which was was the sin, uh, if I'm picking up the vibe because I can't see I mean, you. It, guess, was it intercourse was the sin? Yeah. I had to I mean, use the, the, the technical term. Everything leading up to that is not very good either, though. So yeah. when you're saying, like, everybody sins, it, what was included in that at, at that age and at that time in your mind where you're like, oh, well, you can't not do this. What, what was that? Like gossip, maybe lie, um, get angry, have an attitude, get upset, lose your patience, be selfish. You know, we're all just sinners, you know, <laughs> Yeah. that kind of view. And we're all just like managing our sinful hearts, right? We're just managing it. Right. Exactly, because, yeah, deep down, we're, like, corrupted. Right. Yeah. But then sex, you're on the other hand, you're like, no, nah, that's that's the big boy. We can't, we, we're, we can't do that. Yeah, and I never, I never thought that I would struggle in the area of purity because, like, I was a good Christian, you know? I read my Bible every day. I was on fire for Jesus. I loved Jesus. Like, I would die for him. Like, I, you know... I just never, never thought that I would see that happen. But then, like, I just didn't have the tools to resist temptation when the time came because I I didn't know who I was and I didn't know that there was 
I, I mean, it was just like it happened to me just about like it was like I had no control over the situation is how it felt. And it was just like one thing led to another. We had our first kiss on the 4th of July, which was really cute. We like tried not to kiss and it just like built up to this whole thing. And then we finally kissed on the 4th of July. And then, you know, it was just a slow fade uh, from then on. I think your original question was about my daughter talking on the phone late at night, and that was that's definitely a no. <laughs> I just think the late at night phone calls just are not they're never fruitful. Yeah. It's not a good good thing. It breeds this like familiar I'm I'm gonna mess up the word familiarity, familiarity. Fam- familiarity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you like there's this weird thing when you're a young kid or even when you're in college. Like you mm-hmm. want to be at a further stage in the relationship that you are because f- the further stage you are in the relationship, it shows either that you're mature or that you're serious about that other person or that you really care. And so you start doing things like that married couples do. And I'm not even talking about sex. I'm just talking about um, just like she'll do like, for example, if a girlfriend is doing her boyfriend's laundry, like, mm-hmm. th- she has no business doing his laundry, and he has no business letting her do his laundry. But there's mm-hmm. this thing when you're dating, you're like, oh, you know, we're so close, you know. Uh, they yeah. might- Okay, and hear my heart on this one. Don't kill me if you've done this yourself. Just hear my heart. Like, getting a dog together. And if you've gotten a dog together and you're dating or whatever and it worked out, God bless, you know. But, like, even that sort of thing is just, like, you're tying yourself together in a way that you shouldn't be tied together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We did not do the dog thing until four months after we got married. Okay. It was still probably a mistake, but yeah. It was still probably a mistake. Um, Yeah, it was just a chore but anyway but like you loved this guy or you were infatuated so much do you feel like were you wanting it to be like this this thing like was because it was so important to you oh yeah i mean i just i just wanted to get married more than anything else like no one was going to tell me that i could not marry him and he felt the same way about me and we never had one day where we doubted it i mean we just knew we were going to get married and it was just like everyone else is in our way of this happening including our age so was he on the same like were you guys together on like on the physical stuff like yeah we don't want this to be a part of our relationship yeah definitely uh he was like just like me like on fire for jesus and he's like very talented and he could like give a message and like the whole room could come up for prayer like (laughs) god would move through him uh, even during this crazy time. So like he loved Jesus and we both did and we would pray together and God, please help us to stop messing up. We prayed that we would get caught um, because we wanted help so bad and we had so much shame and we would get in just like terrible fights <laughs> about it as well. Um, so, just cause I'd get mad at him or whatever. So yeah. What, what would that go? Like, you're just like you, you're supposed like in your mind was it his job was it your job was it both of your job like who held the blame when it came to to messing up in this area um i mean i probably blamed him even though like i know that it's 
it definitely was both of us, but I would blame him. Like, you're supposed to protect me. It's your fault. Like, I'm just trying to make you happy, you know. But, <laughs> I mean. How would he handle that? Um, I mean, he. we both just cried. Like, we would just get in awful fights, man. Like, just screaming, crying, hugging each other. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, ugly crying just all the time. And it was just a mess. And uh, that just... Uh, opened the door to definitely the darkest time of my life. Uh, I started getting really depressed, uh, having intense anxiety, and then, like, demonic fear. Mm. (laughs) And there's just no other way to explain it other than that. But I would just wake up every day, like... And now, when I look back, you know, obviously I didn't realize back then. I thought I was a good person, you know, whatever. But, like, looking back, like, I was very selfish. Like, every day I'd wake up and just hope that somebody would give me a good day. Hmm. Like, that something would happen today to make me happy. That Brayden would, you know, buy me flowers or we'd do something fun together. And every night I would just go to sleep, like, disappointed. Like, every day just, like, didn't meet my expectations. Hmm. And, um... I started having, like, I was, I, of course, did not know how I was feeling at all, because I still, since middle school, just didn't know how I felt, you know, I don't know how I'm doing, I'm good, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, like, suppressing all of these feelings, we were so, I was so afraid of, like, getting found out, and my hands would literally itch and swell to, like, double their size, so I worked at Chick-fil-A at the time. And I'd be, like, trying to work, and I could hardly even, like, bend my fingers because they were physically, like, swelling. (laughs) From the stress. Yeah, the stress and just anxiety. Yeah, it was was a bad time. And uh, then, like, fear. I, like, I don't even know why. It just, it was just horrible. But I would, like, be getting, I couldn't be alone. So, like, I would not even be able to shower. So I would have, like, I would call Brayden and have him, like, sit outside in the car while I showered and got ready if, like, no one was home Um, because I was so scared. Like, I couldn't be there alone. And it was just irrational. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm afraid someone's going to come and, like, kidnap me. I don't know. I, I wasn't afraid of that. It was just, it was literally just demonic. Like, I would see things in the shower, like, something, I would see something walk past the shower curtain that wasn't there, and I would, like, literally, like, (laughs) it sounds silly, but, like, just hide in the corner of the bathroom because I was so afraid. Hmm. And And I would, you know, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, did you ever, like, when you're saying you were begging to get caught, because, I mean... It just sounds like there's so much guilt, condemnation, and shame that you're living in, and it's manifesting itself in distress and anxiety. And then, like your thoughts are taking control, and whatever thought jumps in there, you're 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 owning it, and and you don't even know what it is, but you're afraid. Were you? Did you ever talk to anybody? Like maybe you couldn't no. talk to your mom. Nobody. No, no, I, they don't even know the full extent. They will if they. Uh, listen to this podcast so (laughs) they we did eventually get somewhat caught um and our and our parents did get involved and it just ended up badly because they were kind of talking about us breaking up and so from that moment on I was like I can't tell anybody because I cannot lose him 
and I know I'm looking back, I'm not blaming them. Like we were obviously in the wrong and you know, if I were to do it over again, I would just deal with the consequences, wait a few months until I turned 18 and then we could get back together, you know, like it's fine. But at the time I was not willing to let that go. Like, so, so you got busted and both his and your parents were like, y'all need to break up. Yeah. They like, they got together and had a little meeting, <laughs> like the most horrific day of my life. That sounds, um, this sounds like a nightmare. Oh, trust me. It is. <laughs> I'm so, uh, we, we were basically taught at, um, being alone together at my mom's house when we weren't supposed to be. And then they started asking us questions, you know, and we like opened up a little bit, kind of hoping to get help, but it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Cause it seemed like we were going to have to be apart. And like I said, that was not an option. So I just basically lied my way until I got married. So he was, he was your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I still love Jesus though. Like I would pray and read my Bible every day. So what was he saying about this stuff or was it, did it seem like he was silent? He was very torn between trying to obey his family. Uh, and his family was a bit more uh, like strict than mine. Mm-hmm. So they were more on like the, we should break up side, you know, than my family was. So I was, he was in between like obeying his parents because he was still living at home, but also wanting to be with me. And so I projected like all of my hatred, honestly, unfortunately for his family onto him because like he was siding with them and like they were all against me is how I felt and it was just a big lie and like you know back to when I was growing up like I needed people to like me and Mm -hmm. I felt like family didn't like me and then I felt like Brayden was siding with them in some ways which he wasn't he wanted to be with me but he was just trying to respect and honor his parents but I saw that as like, you're choosing them over me, you know? And I would just, I mean, every single one of our fights from that moment on was about that, basically. Man, I just feel that's a tough spot for the, my, my man to be in. Like, oh, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> my heart goes out to <laughs> poor Brayden. Uh, poor old Brayden. My heart goes out. So when you would pray and talk to God about this, was it compartmentalized? Was was he giving you anything on this? Or was it just like, that's a separate thing? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't. If God, I mean, I'm sure God was talking to me, but I couldn't hear anything past the shame and guilt and condemnation. So I would just probably repent every time I prayed. Like, I'm so sorry. Please help me take this away, take away the fear, you know, all that that stuff. And I would like quote scriptures and like, it did not help at all. Like, Hmm. yeah. Were were you frustrated with yourself for being angry at these people or were you kind of just like justified in being angry? Yeah, I was justified (laughs) in my mind. I, they, I felt like they had wronged me and yeah, I was very, very justified, and it was a very, very messy time. 
and it was awful. <laughs> okay, so I feel like I don't want to, <laughs> like, I'm asking you these questions. It sounds horrible. I'm like, tell me more. Okay, what happened? No. <laughs> so then. I'm an open It's fine. So after this, like, you decide, like, th- you're at this point, you're close to turning 18? Yeah, eventually. The timeline's very blurry for me. But yeah, I was, I guess I eventually, I eventually turned 18. And was, was that know, in we, your mind going to be the promised land when you get to be 18, oh, yeah. everything gets oh, solved? Yeah. I don't know if I had a countdown in my phone, but I probably did. <laughs> like, I, yeah. And uh, thankfully, our other oh, video's back on. Hi. Oh, you can see me? I can't see you yet. Yeah, I can see you now. Okay, so. Um, but I, so we, you know, proceeded to tell our parents that we wanted to get married. And obviously, they were not supportive of that at first because we're 18. I was 18. He was 20. And, you know, I come from a divorced family, a lot of divorce in my history. And so my parents, you know, didn't want that to happen to me. Um, and, uh, but, you know. We just basically sat down and had conversations with them. Like, this is what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. I hope that you'll support us. Because it's going to happen one way or another. I'm about to be 18 in a couple months. And, you know, it was kind of an ugly conversation where everyone was crying. But eventually, like, everybody came around. And uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm glad that they supported us, even though we were wiling out. <laughs> so what was the plan? You were going to graduate from high school and get married. And like, what was the, what would, what was the future looking like in your mind at that point? So I, after 10th grade at my private school, I decided to do online school for 11th grade because that meant that I could graduate a year early because I was like advanced in math and science. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know why I decided to do that. It wasn't because I knew I wanted to get married young at that point. I didn't know. I just, I just did it. And I'm glad I did because I graduated early. Um, so that way in March, when I turned 18, Brayden proposed on my 18th birthday. Wow. <laughs> he asked permission from you know my family and everything beforehand. And everybody was there. It was a really beautiful day in the midst of all the chaos. Um, but uh, we got engaged. And then three months later, we got married. <laughs> three first. months later. Yep. <laughs> And so I was also ready. I mean, like I, I was a very independent person. I was tired of going back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. I wasn't gonna move out by myself, but I didn't want to have to. Like when you're 18, you get to pick, like who, who am I gonna live with? My mom or my dad? And I refused to pick a side, and I wasn't gonna go back and forth like a baby when I'm 18 years old. So like I was just ready to get out and be on my own. Would you would you say you were um, would you say you were an angry person at this point in your life? Um, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, just selfish. I, I would say bitter is more bitter. The word, yeah, wow. super bitter. Uh, just at everybody because it was all about me and I couldn't see past myself at all. Wow. And then we got married and everything got better. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so you get married. What 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 the what year did you get married? Was this 2014? Yep, 2014. We got married, and what's Brian's the date? Dad married us. Was it the summertime? June first. June first. So, yeah, we started. We actually started dating on June first, 2012, and we got married on June first, 2014. So it was a significant date, and um, things were pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah, Good. talk to me about that. What did you think was going to change that did not change, and what changed that you didn't think was going to? I think I was probably just ready for the shame and guilt to go away hmm. because now we're married and we're allowed to do whatever we want. But we didn't feel any better about it. We felt like for years, I would say we felt shame, even though we were married. D- like, did you talk about it, or were you just like? That's just like an underlying thing. No, we didn't really talk about it. But I know it was there, and I think, I mean, I'm sure if you talk to Brayden, he would say the same thing. (laughs) I've heard him say it before, like looking back. Like we both just felt so shameful, and things with our families were kind of messy because we just, you know, ruined everything (laughs) like a tornado. So things were especially bad with Brayden's family. Like we just didn't see them very much. And, you know, it's very sad because I, I, I don't know. I basically made him choose me over them in a way. It's just very sad. So I didn't see it that way at the time and I didn't want that, you know, but I mean, things were not that bad. Like his dad married us. We just didn't see them very often, I guess. But I, I knew that like he wanted to be close to his family and he wasn't, and I felt like it was kind of my fault. Okay, so how was your relationship going with Brayden? Like you're feeling guilt, shame. He's feeling guilt, shame. How were you guys getting along at this point? I mean, we were still like crazy about each other, but it was just very up and down. Like we get in these horrible fights, fights like so bad. I mean, never physical or anything. I don't want anyone thinking that, but just screaming crying he would leave you know go to bed angry just horrible ugly nasty (laughs) did you ever feel like like yo this is not supposed to be the way it goes like this like this wasn't this is not how it's supposed to work did you think that kind of thing or like what were you thinking about like your marriage as you're going into this thing and it's and it's going the way it's going. I just thought it was kind of normal. Like, everybody fights. And, you know, the lie that, oh, well, if you fight, it means you're getting closer together. There's friction. That's good. It means there's growth happening. If you weren't fighting, that would mean you're not close enough. <laughs> that's a thing? I didn't even know that's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. I heard that in counseling, which I loved my counselor, but that was kind of a thing. Like, I'm sure she didn't mean ugly fighting, but, you know, (laughs) maybe just conflict or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, I just I thought it was normal. And, you know, I'd grown up, you know, around divorce and then divorce again. So I was pretty used to the idea of fighting. But I didn't think, like, it would end up in us getting divorced. Because I was just, like, determined that will never happen to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But honestly, after listening to, like, some of the podcasts and stuff, I just feel like they were explaining 
some of the episodes basically were explaining us going the wrong way. Like if we hadn't, if we hadn't fixed things, like we would have ended up in shambles, probably eventually. Yeah. But praise God, because there is a happy ending. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure. So, um, yeah, keep going. So, the next thing I should probably talk about is my view of men hmm. was very bad. <laughs> so, I had just had things happen and, uh, like, just heard things about family members and, you know, boys that I was around and how they viewed women and how they all looked at pornography and I just thought men were like a piece of crap, honestly. But I thought Brayden, like he's the good one. I found the only man on the face of this earth that does not struggle with this issue. Is what I thought. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoping knew. that he didn't. But then, yeah, uh, he knew how I felt about this. Like, I mean, I would just trash talk people if I found out that anybody, like, I can't believe they did this. Like, if, if you ever looked at porn, I would divorce you. Like, that is the you said that? that I could. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Have you? Because I was like, because it, it's adultery, you know? The Bible says it's okay. So I'm out if that happens. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to, to Morgan's episode. Have you ever heard more? Yes, I have. Yep. <laughs> when she was considering, like, this blew me away. Because when women don't understand that, like, this is a huge problem, I don't understand that they don't understand. And maybe it's because, and this is before freedom, this is before any of this stuff. I'm just like, y'all don't know what's yeah. going on? Like, um, but then at the same time, like, Natalie, like, Natalie and I, before any of this stuff, never really had a conversation about any of this about pornography or anything. And she'd never say like, Oh, I would leave you. But when Morgan is like, Oh, I'm like considering leaving Tyler for this. I was blown away. I'm like, serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, you should know everybody's doing this. <laughs> I'm like, why doesn't she know? Like, why can't they just get yeah. help? You know, like, why can't she, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, go ahead. I'd gone through up and down, ups and downs with it. Like at when I was at my high school, before I was at the church that I found met Brayden at, I knew every boy looked at pornography, and I was kind of just like trying to get over that. Like mm -hmm. I just need to accept it. Like I'm gonna get married someday, and my husband's gonna do this thing, and it's awful, but I just need to get over it. Hmm. Is what I thought. But then I went to this new church, and I met all these guys that seemed to have it all together. Hmm. I thought these people are different. They don't struggle with this. So I think it's just that women must just think like that people that aren't saved, obviously they do it. The people that are saved, obviously they don't. <laughs> but if you look at the statistics, you'll find yeah. out it's very different. <laughs> I, I have the sweetest mother in the whole world and I love her so much. And she has this thing where she does not understand why people will fall into certain sin. She'll be like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe, how could somebody do this? How could somebody? And I feel like I know exactly why people fall into sin. And after 
understanding freedom from sin, I now know what, like, very well what the chains were that I was in, why I was in them, and it's all just deeper than, like, oh, a bad behavior, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about. Like, your problem wasn't that you were mean to your husband and his family. Your problem was that you were living self-centered, but why were you living self-centered? It's not just like you're a bad person. Like you had believed lies about yourself that had been spoken to you from the beginning of time. Like this is who you are. This is who you are. And so in order to get some of that back, like you need people to say this about you or you need that. And so I feel like I understand it. And my mom's like, yeah, I don't get it. Why does this, why does that? And so now like, and you tell me if you feel the same way. If somebody's trapped in pornography, I'm just like, bro, like, I know why. Like, there's lies. Like, he, like there, yeah, there may be a chemical uh, addiction because of the dopamine rush and all that. We, why we know, like, how addiction works that would draw you back to it. Um, but we also know, like, that we're free from it. So if you if you're not free from it, you must be believing this or believing that. Do you see people that are stuck in sin differently than you used to? Definitely, and you have to. I mean, to to live in freedom, you have to. <laughs> I I know that sin is never personal to me. Hmm. Like I, it's not personal. So like it, the whole idea of like how could someone do this. It's because it's like hurting other people around them, you know? Mm-hmm. How could someone with a beautiful family do this? Cheat on their wife or whatever, you know? It's not like it. It's not like the person was thinking about his precious kids and wife and being like, I want to do this to them, you know? Like, right. it's never personal. And when, you know, when we were struggling, Brayden never cheated on me, by the way. <laughs> that was a hypothetical Good. Situation. I mean, praise the Lord. Yeah, but um, like with me, I never intended on struggling with purity, but like it just happens to you because you believe lies, like you said, and it was never personal. Uh, but yeah, I never wanted to be angry and bitter towards him and his family, but I was, and I had. I it's not enough to just know the problem. Like I, I could recognize that there was a problem there, but I didn't understand any truth that was able to set me free at the time so i was just stuck yeah because like hearing your story like on paper you guys shouldn't struggle with any purity issues right because you're both sincerely loving god and sincerely loving each other you're not meaning to be selfish you're not and so you look at that whole thing and like on paper oh yeah well this is supposed to work out just fine and they're, they're supposed to be able to get married and stay virgins until they're married and and not deal with any of this stuff and whatever. But then there's it, like the other team is on scholarship. Like the enemy is pouring lies into you from every single direction through the media, through your friends, through pain, through sins done against you, through you not realizing that your sins are forgiven. Like it's, and so it's like, yeah, it's crazy if someone can wake, like grow up and not let those lies land, you know, praise the Lord. And I'm I'm sure that there are people that are, and, you know, I praise the Lord for that testimony. 
but it's like now that I understand freedom from sin, I can see exactly. Oh yeah, Savannah and Braden, this was it was it was going to be tough. Yep, definitely. So not only did I hate men, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so bad. Like I would be at the grocery store looking at guys and just like all these people (laughs) are looking at pornography. They all view women like objects. They view me as an object. They're all awful. Like that's how bad it was. I didn't trust anybody. (laughs) Like if some guy was single, I'm like, oh yeah, he is definitely looking at pornography. He's awful. I don't respect him. And um, then I also hated women because they were the ones that I was being compared to. Hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, I hated women that were prettier than me. I would like, you know, look at people on Instagram and just like scroll through their feeds and just like burn with like bitterness towards women. So then I hated myself because I didn't feel pretty enough. So I chopped off my hair, tried to dye it blonde. I used fake tanner and oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was just, it was awful. And this was all before even anything came up between Brayden and I, um, I knew that he'd probably struggled with things in the past because all guys have at some point, like I I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but even that was like eating me alive. Like what has he seen? He's seen other women in an inappropriate way, like, and it was just to such a dark point that I even looked up pornography at one point in my life because I was like, I need to know what this is and what I'm being compared to. And I don't recommend that. Yeah. That was- <laughs> Praise God that I didn't get, I didn't get sucked into that myself, you know, uh-huh. like I just thought it was okay. Cause I'm like, I'm a girl. So I'm just going to look at this. Cause I just need to know what guys are doing because they suck. <laughs> And so you didn't know that Braden was struggling with this, but you had heard that he had struggled with it. Yeah. And that was I mean, eating I'm you either. alive enough for you to be like, well, let me see this thing. Yeah. 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 I really didn't think that he was. I mean, I, I thought maybe like that would be my worst nightmare come true, though, if if he was. <laughs> wow. And then... Luckily, I had been exposed to a bit of freedom um, at this point. Because if, if not, I would old Savannah would not have been able to handle anything, any of this. Um, but I had heard Dan Moeller and heard Todd White preaching freedom from sin in like YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much accepted it like right away. I didn't know how to like walk it out at all, but I was like, this is, this is right. But I was almost, like, self-righteous about it. Like, everyone else is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) More how I was seeing it. Like, because I wasn't that bad. You know, I I was kind of, I was kind of struggling with just still thinking I'm not really that bad of a person, you know. So I'm like, how is everyone else preaching the wrong thing? Like, it's everyone else's fault that I, you know, didn't understand this earlier. Um, At this point, did you have your YouTube channel or is this later? Yes. Yeah. I started my YouTube channel basically right after we got married. Um, so my videos were pretty much just like inspirational videos. Uh, most of them are privated now cause they're so embarrassing. <laughs> so if, um, if we were to go back and watch some of your early videos during the time where there's uh, you know, a lot of 
tough stuff going on between the family and you and Brayden, like, would there be any hint of that? Uh, in the, in the ones that are privated, I'm sure, I'm sure there's still, there's still ones way back there that are super cringy that you could go watch. And I don't know what I was saying, but it probably wasn't, wasn't the best. It was, it was what I, I was doing the best with what I understood at the time. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is Sure. now that I realized that I wanted people to love Jesus. And so I was making videos to inspire people to love Jesus and follow their dreams so, like, it was all good intentions, but I'm sure that I said stuff like, oh, I'm just a sinner, you know. And How did you get the the following that, because you have a pretty substantial YouTube channel. How did you get the following that you got? Um, Just, I've been doing this for, like, six years. So, uh, my 18 and Married video is uh, one of the ones that has the most views. And then I deleted my social media for eight months. Um, and made a video about that, and that was a God thing because uh, how I was talking about hating women and all that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was like, why don't we just take a little break? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go ahead. And, and I knew it was from God. Like, I was crying in bed, like, felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, like, and I knew I have to get off of here. And it was wonderful. It helped so much. God did so much in me during that time. Wow. And... uh yeah, just, I, I couldn't be, I was not in a place to be around social media when I was comparing myself to other people that way. Um, but yeah, so that video has a lot of views and I don't know, just slowly but surely kind of grown a following, giving people advice. <laughs> but So um, yeah. what ends up, ha okay, continue, you were... With me and Brayden? Yeah, what... Cause we were talking about that and then I wanted to, and I asked you about the YouTube channel. Yeah. So, so I had started seeing a shift with freedom from sin. Oh yeah, that's right. Things were, yeah, things were getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely noticed like sin was starting to fall off of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to talk about this before <laughs> the porn stuff because like I said, old Savannah, like Savannah was changing at this point mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. was to prepare me for what was coming. So, um, yeah, God did so much in me, like with like forgiveness and like restoring so many relationships and just, I just noticed that like, I just wasn't bitter anymore. I was not, I didn't struggle with unforgiveness anymore. I was just able to love Brayden more, not take things personally anymore. Um, like depression, fear, like all of that just went away. And for like a couple years, I've just been like, I don't know why that happened. But now, like the more understanding I'm getting, the more I'm realizing like the reason that was happening was because I just started to believe. Hmm. I, I had known the Bible my whole life. And I knew what it said. Like I said, I tried to quote the scriptures to, you know, make the demonic fear go away. And it didn't work because I didn't know who I was and I didn't actually believe it. And it's not a formula thing. Hmm. It's a, a belief thing and a faith thing. Um, but I just began to take my thoughts captive. If I would have like a bitter thought towards someone and just say, God, I thank you that I'm not a bitter person, hmm. that I see people 
through the eyes of Jesus. And I would, I was very serious about speaking out loud and taking thoughts captive because I was just like done dealing with all this stuff. And it was like my way to like cope. And that was basically the only like little nugget of understanding that I had at the time. And just that little thing was changing my life already. Like I was able to see people the way Jesus saw them finally. So Um, you just ran into these videos and they just started speaking like just randomly and they just started speaking so much life over you. Yep. I was like sitting on the bathroom counter doing my makeup one day and I found Todd White and I just listened to his video and I was just like, oh my gosh, like everything I've ever known, like all makes sense now. Like this is what, this is right. (laughs) I always felt like something was missing or... You know, I need to work up being on fire for God or, you know, I don't know, like work up something within me to keep the flame lit. (laughs) Right. And then I heard this and I was like, this is it. This is the real gospel. This is like laying your life down and dying and being free. And I was like, I just couldn't believe that it was real. But we didn't know anybody else that believed this way. So it was kind of a lonely road for a little while. Like we just had these videos and me and Brayden. Was he down with like, it right away? Yeah, he was. So he found Dan Muller first. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I mean, we slowly just started listening to, to the those videos. And they were just telling us that we were free from sin. And, like, that everything in the Bible is true about me. And it's not something I'm reading to try to be. It's something that was already done and something that I already have. Hmm. And... So I, I reread my entire Bible front to back that year with like that new lens. Wow. And it was like completely different. It was a completely different book <laughs> because before it was like, okay, I'm trying. I need to, I need to pray about patience. I'm an impatient person. So mm-hmm. I just got to pray that I can be more patient. And then it was like, no, like I am patient. Not only that, but I'm made perfect in love and all of the fruits of the spirit are mine. Like that is who I am deep down. I'm not deep down this inherently bad, evil person, you know? I'm deep down, I'm made pure and holy and blameless and all this stuff. Um, so my understanding has grown a lot, especially in these past couple years. But that's what I had at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, so Brayden had been dealing with this thing on and off, you know, not like a lot. I don't know. This is his story to tell partially, but he's okay with me sharing this. Um, he'd been struggling I didn't know and he knew he had to tell me and so he literally fasted for three days <laughs> to work up the courage to tell God me God bless this guy yeah he's so precious he was so scared bless his heart <laughs> I would be scared. I would be scared too because I mean I had not set up an atmosphere for him to just come to me and tell me he was struggling like my identity was still very much wrapped up in him and I needed him to make me okay. Hmm. Yeah. And so he fasted for three days and we were laying in bed one night. And he was like, wait, hold on. Did you know he was fasting for this reason? Or were you like, why are you not hungry, babe? I didn't know. He was just fasting and whatever. Like he, he loves Jesus. So like, you know, it's just something he wanted to do. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. Um, but yeah, we were laying in bed at night and he was like, I have to tell you something. And immediately my heart sank. Like I just knew, you know, like it was like my worst fear. Everything I had ever suspected, I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. 
it's happening to me right now. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. Um, and he just told me, you know, I've looked at some bad things and I, I was just asking him questions like what, like videos or pictures or, you know, asking him all the details and stuff and making him tell me. And he was just crying and, you know, felt so bad. And I would not have been okay, except the Holy Spirit was with me in that moment. And I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit touch my cheek, Mm. (laughs) like my face. And I don't know how to explain, but like, I just knew like the Holy Spirit was with me Mm. and like he was going to make me okay. And so it was such a special moment. I just like started crying because I was sad, but also crying because like I knew that yes it was like my worst fear that I had ever said Mm -hmm. but like that I was going to be okay and I just felt his presence like he was there with me like comforting me like affirming that like this was wrong you know it is sad that this happened to you but like it's going to be okay is that's like all that I had and it was like such an encounter with God that like I went out that night and like journaled everything that happened because it was like that significant to me um, what did you say to Brandon? So, I don't know. I think I cried for a little while, and then, you know, I just said I forgive him. And then we we prayed together that God would just like wipe his mind of you know everything that he had seen, mm-hmm. and that God would just you know wipe my memory of like the pain that was like associated with it, you know, mm-hmm. and that He would just help me be able to move on. And so. From that moment on, I knew that, like, I had some work to do <laughs> because I knew that Satan wasn't going to just, like, let me be like, oh, that's that's fine. Savannah's okay, so we're just going to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that thoughts were going to come and that I just, yeah. <laughs> so I was ready, uh, but I had been practicing taking every thought captive at this point, praise God. Mm-hmm. So every time a thought would come where I would wonder what he saw or I would compare myself or wonder how many times, wonder all the gruesome details that are not important, or that I would get mad at him, I would just thank God for the truth Hmm. over me. And I was walking in freedom. I really was. Like, because old Savannah would not have dealt with that. No way. Were you a, was no, old was, Savannah a guilt tripper or a passive aggressive? Like how would have old Savannah handled that? Oh, uh, like I was bitter, so I would have a record of wrongs. I would just, I mean, I would have seen it like you know, you cheated on me. Like I'm done. I don't know. I might have been more like Morgan and just stayed. <laughs> like how she was like, I'm not. No one can find out that we have problems. Hmm. I might have been kind of that way too. Like, like I'll just stay with him and be miserable for the rest of my life. <laughs> Man. That might have been old Savannah as well. How was he how was he feeling afterwards? I mean, he was just grateful, I think, that I was okay. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, happy. And I I've never shared this with anybody actually. <laughs> but I'm so happy that this just felt like the right time <laughs> because on my YouTube channel, I don't want to do some clickbait title. <laughs> you know, it just didn't seem right. I would share if it was the right atmosphere. I don't know. I just feel like this is the right time when it's like if someone's listened this far, they're probably going to listen to the end. Um, and I didn't want to just like, you know, 
spill Brayden's dirty laundry everywhere. Right. No, <laughs> I don't think that's what you're doing. Um, no, no. And he's okay with me sharing this. But I've wanted to share this for so long because it's just a miracle that I'm okay. And, like, I feel like women just need to know that if this happens, I, I mean, I just know so many women. I've heard it. Time and time again, my husband doesn't do that. If he do- did that, I would leave him. Like, I've heard that. And I'm like, he's probably doing that. <laughs> or he probably has at some point, especially if they don't understand freedom. Like, they don't even have the tools to, like, resist temptation, you know? But women just need to know that, like, it's not personal to to them. Like, and that's what I had to realize. Like, it wasn't that I wasn't pretty enough or that I wasn't good enough. It had nothing to do with that. It was just him believing a lie that, and falling into his... Yeah, that's that's crazy. Man, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were struggling with a relationship that they had. And it wasn't a spouse, but a, a relationship. And this relationship was causing them to have a bad day. Um, it was kind of just taking their lunch. And so, cause this person would do this, then, well, this person, this would be the reaction and they couldn't separate like, like that this person doing this did not mean that you had to have a bad day or it would have to affect you at all. Um, Right. And you saying, understanding that it wasn't personal when your husband was doing things he shouldn't be doing, he was believing lies. He was, you know, allowing deception to come in. It didn't yeah. have something it to do with you. Him. Right. I need to hurt for him, not for me. Mar- like, instead of throwing a pity party for me, I need to realize that, like, he was in a bad place. And he was hurting. He was believing a lie, just like any any sin or any lie. And it's not like I had never sinned, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, and the lie could be yeah. self-centeredness. Like, if you're saying, like, sometimes people hear us and you're like, oh, you guys say deception a lot. Like, they were in deception. Well, what if they were just doing it? Because, yeah, well, self-centeredness and being selfish, it's still a lie that says you have to get yours. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... Yeah, we can, it's not all just like, oh, he was fooled. Like, yeah, but self-centeredness, believing that we have to get ours or take, or feeling bad for ourselves or what have you. Like, it is all rooted in deception and we're not, we're not making light of sin or saying sin, oh, sin's nothing or no, sin is a super serious thing, but so is freedom from sin and that's what we have. And when you understand that, you can see people that are caught in it and you can hurt for them rather than hurt for yourself. Yes. And I I have to live that way because, I mean, like, I can view anybody that way now. Like, it doesn't matter what they've done. They could have killed their family. Like, I have to think of, like, would Satan do that? Mm. Yeah, he would. So it's sin in them. It's not even them. It's not who they were created to be. And, like, you have to view people that way because if you don't, you're just, you're not going to walk in freedom. Uh (laughs) There's just so much better when you can just see people the way God created them to be. And um, I, so whenever thoughts would come, you know, 
tempting me to get all like pity party or whatever or compare myself or get upset at Brayden like I just remind myself that new Savannah does not obsess over that like even to this day I could sit around and worry that Brayden's gonna stumble someday in some area but like I cannot live like that (laughs) and people don't realize that they don't have to live like that either like I don't need to micromanage him and I used to think okay I need to ask him every month or every week how are you doing you know (laughs) um be his accountability partner and all of that but like the Holy Spirit is his accountability yeah. partner, and I know that I'm okay, and I am free from him no matter what happens. Yeah, so if he goes and he does look at a bunch of stuff, what does that mean about you? Nothing. It changes nothing about who I am. <laughs> because I'm complete and secure it, in Christ. If it did mean something about us, man, we it's, it's too heavy. You exactly, know? and I don't want to live that way. Like, I'm not going to live with this burden of just worrying all the time. I mean, I struggled with that a little while, you know, every now and then like Satan would come and tempt me to, you know, carry that or obsess or, you know, have a bad dream that like he did something bad, you know, but like, I I just, I'm not, I'm not going to live my life that way, obsessing over every little thing that he could possibly ever do wrong or anybody else in my life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to live free. It's kind of like, God has forgiven Savannah for every single thing she's ever done and ever will do. She is a forgiven person. Her sins have been thrown in the bottom of the ocean. So that love that you've been loved with, if you truly have been loved with that, how could you then keep somebody else's sin and hold it up to the light while God himself has thrown it into the bottom of the ocean? Exactly. And by doing that, I would just be keeping him bound. Like if I were to constantly remind him that he messed up in that way and like show him that I don't trust him, I don't I don't believe that he can be free. Like what is that going to do for him? Like <laughs> so instead, I can just love him and affirm him that he is free and just live my life being free (laughs) together and not worrying. That's awesome. So how long ago, like is you're walking in freedom, you're seeing this, this has been like a couple years. Yeah. So that was, that was like three years ago, probably maybe more, maybe four years ago. I don't know. Um, and since then, I mean, things have just gotten better. Like we don't fight like that anymore. We used to fight. I mean, multiple times a week and now we don't fight like they're never ugly fights if we do get in a disagreement like i mean it is just night and day difference (laughs) it's amazing we be like if if we get in a fight or an argument or whatever we recognize that this is not the norm and is not who we are and we move forward whereas before it was like this is the norm this is who we are Mm. and this is going to happen again you know, if Natalie and I have a disagreement, there's this elephant in the room and the elephant mm-hmm. in the room is you guys have died to yourselves and you mm-hmm. don't seek your own and you don't keep record of wrongs. So mm-hmm. and whenever we do in a fight or seek our own or are selfish or whatever, there's that elephant in the corner being like, yo, you're different now. 
And so oh, yeah. if, if it goes far enough to where we say something we didn't want to say, like both of us know like, yo, that's not you. And mm-hmm. the turnaround oh, yeah. from how it used to be is crazy. Um, because I mean, you, we've been married for 13 years. Uh, and so, and 11 of those were lived with these patterns of just like seeking our own and, and just, uh, keeping record of wrongs. And so as we're being renewed, our minds are being renewed. There are some patterns that are there. Um, but each day as we're walking this thing out, um, it's getting more foundational and the Bible's never going to change and God's never going to change. And as we keep beholding it and just confessing that truth, um, it's just growing into who we are. Yeah. So good. So when did, okay. So when did you run across us? Like, We've talked about this before, but I don't remember. How did you come across love reality? You guys are an answered prayer because I asked God for discipleship and community. (laughs) And I didn't know anybody who believed this way. Like my best friend, uh, she received it and um, just some other close friends. But I mean, other than that, it was like, we're on our own out here. Uh (laughs) And, uh, I just wanted someone like it's all that if you've received freedom, you know, it's all you want to talk about. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like, and I, I wanted to see like, is this really possible? Like other than Dan Moeller and Todd White, is anyone walking this out or is it just them? Mm -hmm. Because it felt like almost impossible. But then literally when I found love reality, I was like, whoa. I found my people. Were you just cruising online and you ran across one of our things or how did it, how did you find us? No. So I, I'm friends with Justin and Emily Q because they have YouTube channel. Oh, okay. So we've met before we, before all of us had been received freedom. Um, and we like collabed and whatever. (laughs) And then we met again after we had received freedom and the way they were talking I was like, I knew. I was like, well, they understand the gospel. They were talking about walking in spirit. And we were like, have you guys, like, listened to, like, Dan Moeller? Because <laughs> you can just tell uh-huh. when someone understands the gospel and freedom from sin. And they were talking that way. And I was so excited. I was like, well, this is so cool. I could just tell, like, there was a night and day difference from the last time we had seen them to this time. And then eventually they got involved with love reality and then Justin looped me in and I was just like, I mean, it just feels like you guys are all my brothers and sisters. Like it's just the way it is supposed to be. And when Paul talks about the church being in unity and in one mind, I used to think that like that wasn't possible, right? <laughs> you know, because oh, every, there's so many denominations and so many opinions on everything and spiritual giftings and you know, all this politics and whatever. But like, Literally, everyone here is in one mind because when you actually believe the gospel, you are in one mind. Like, it's impossible to not be. Hmm. And, like, it is a real thing. And then listening to the podcast has been so cool. I I talk about it on my social media all the time. But I'm like, you guys do not understand. 
all these people on the podcast are just normal people. Like, normal people that uh, that heard this message. And the track record is pretty good. Solid. <laughs> you know, like, the, yeah, the people that get in here, like, their lives are changed. And we all have a, a dramatic testimony of death to life, no matter who you are, even if you grew up in church your whole life. And so it's just amazing. And, yeah, I'm obsessed. I've listened. I'm, like, binging the podcast, so. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Like, you're, um, you brought Ame into this thing. Shout out to Ame. She's one of our favorite people. And it's just incredible to see how this all gets intertwined and how God is playing chess, not checkers, and how he just loves us so much. And, and he's... Like it's all in his time where people see this and and receive it. And no, it's just been awesome to see you. Like I didn't know who the flip you were. And someone was like, yo, do you, you should look at Savannah Louie's um, Instagram. Maybe this was like a year ago or something. And I was like, who, who's mm-hmm. that? And like, yo, she's vibing with, with, with us. And so I went on your stuff and I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And then I think the first time you came on our Bible study, you did your testimony, if I'm not mistaken. And um, just to see uh, your energy for this thing and also hearing you talk to people and then also seeing like as a church, like, I've seen when you've received truth over your life and you've grabbed onto it. And I think you've seen when I've done that. I think you've seen like, I think that's why this, this church thing is so powerful because we're seeing people's lives change and we're seeing people get these new nuggets and and growing in, in who they are. And it's almost like that's, this is what you want to be around. You want to be around people that are growing in the spirit. You want to see reconciled marriages and restored marriages. Like you just want to be around it. And you have been a huge blessing in that way. And like, like you just said, I consider you my sister. I've never met you. Hopefully one day we'll get to hang out and and that'll be cool. But, um, like when I heard you on, on our, on our uh, Bible study, I just think that the way you were talking about this tonight, that like people need to hear that kind of story. I don't think we've had a, your kind of story on here yet. So it's just a, a blessing. Um, I kind of want to ask you the question I ask everybody. Where do you think we're going? Do you know where we're going? Because I knew right when you said it where we were going to go. Where are we going? Yeah, the one thing that I would tell. Yeah, but people, yeah, what 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 time? Because there's when you said I was like, oh, this is where we need to go back to. Oh wait, I have no idea. I'm lost. Wait, what? It's a uh, go back to Savannah between 17 and 18 years old, bitter Savannah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's the Savannah yes, I would want you to talk to. I know. I've been thinking about this because I'm like, how, I, how can I receive this without having heard those YouTube videos? Because I just explained it so clearly, you know? And like when I've already had read my Bible all these years and just missed it. 
But what I came to was um, I would just tell her that she already has it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop asking for it and start thanking him for it. That everything you read in the book has already been given to you. It's already yours. And so start thanking him for it. <laughs> Receive it. Because I'd been waiting for my whole life to receive what I already had. And that's something that God's been showing me lately is like, I used to look back at old Savannah and be like, old Savannah was not even saved. Like she was lost. Like, but now I'm realizing like that God was always there Mm -hmm. back then. And like, I always was daughter, you know, I always was free and all of these things. Like God had already given it to me even back then, even when I was wiling out, I just didn't know it. And so, yeah, he's just been loving me and showing me like that he was always there and it's always who I was. And yeah, I just, I hope I was articulate enough that people can just understand because I just, I just want people to understand that they can be free. You know, they don't have to live how I was living. I I think (laughs) something that I'm realizing more and more is when I ask that question, everyone kind of says kind of the same thing that you're saying. Like, I don't know how I would have even been able to receive this if I didn't know this thing or I didn't know that thing. And that's just like, that's why that's how God is like on his time. Like he knows Mm -hmm. um, when we're ready and when we're ripe and when, um, but at the same time, there's things that we wish we would have known. Like, like I wish old Richard wouldn't have been a bad husband and you wish old Savannah wouldn't have been bitter and if if we would have been able to instill that into our old selves then it would have been less heartache and pain but then at the same time it makes knowing that much sweeter now right Mm-hmm. it's true and that's like i've never seen like a huge you know like healing miracle like personally uh in person or anything like that to like be like whoa god is real because i saw him do this crazy thing mm-hmm. physically or whatever you know not that he doesn't because he does but like i will never doubt god because the greatest miracle has just been my life because i lived with me i know how i was and i know that there is no possible way that i could be the way i am now without god yeah. <laughs> it is completely supernatural and amazing and it's like full of freedom like every day is full of joy and even though I have two, two under two, two little babies, like, I'm just so thankful that I know the gospel because, like, it is a joy. And people are literally perplexed when they're around us and they see how happy we are and, like, how good our kids are and, like, how, I don't know, we're just joyful and, like, they don't irritate us. But, like, when I was pregnant with Jovi, I asked for, I had a this is a whole side tangent, but I had a home birth, which I know is kind of a crazy thing. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I trust God with everything. Not that I had a hospital birth with Lila. So uh-huh. either way you go, you can trust God. But I just was trusting him in this specific instance because it's something that I wanted to do. And I asked God for a phrase to remember during my labor. And he gave me the phrase, uh, receive your gift. Ooh. And like, there's no pain in receiving a gift. Like, and children are a gift and a reward from the Lord. And like my whole birth story was like pretty supernatural and pretty awesome. Um, 
it's on my YouTube channel if anyone wants to go hear the whole thing. But like now, like every day I just wake up and I thank God that my kids are a gift and a reward from the Lord. And like, it is a blessing to get to parent them. That's awesome. And like, it's full of joy. And the more that you talk that way and you don't complain, like that just becomes your perspective and how you live. And I love it. Yeah. Hey, Plug your YouTube channel and your stuff. I know you would just tell uh, tell yeah. the people that are listening they want a, a YouTube channel that there's someone who's free talking about living life yeah. and freedom. Where, where can we find your stuff? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just my name, Savannah Louie. Um, I also have a website, savannahlouie.com, where I have a free devotional on Romans. So it's Romans 1 through 8, and it's a 14-day devotional that God basically told me to write, <laughs> so I wrote it. Um, so that's there for free. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm on Instagram at Savannah Louie. And yeah, listen to every episode of this podcast, please. And join the Bible studies, because it's amazing. Love it. Thanks for being uh, sharing your heart with us. And um, appreciate you. It's too late, can stop it, it's a boom No, I can't, I wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride Coming out for the night, yeah, this that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, Hey, hey, put your hands down Hey, we ain't coming questions, yeah, we been down Creed, I am a Donis, wash the hands now. Went from thinking broke to living rich now. They busting with the twos, you watch me slide now. And she look kinda bougie and she bad now. Hey, mama think I made it easy, proud now. Hey, hey. with the spirits trying to play with me. Stay alive, hey, stay alive, hey.